Friday, March 12, 2021. It's my wife's birthday. I won't tell you what the number is because I'm not stupid. I'm the Tim part. You are the friends part. And today, that also includes Sarah Nurse, Kevin Bieksa, Austin Matthews, Mark Spears, Kendrick Perkins. And of course, on set, our digital producer, Jesse Rubinoff. Jesse hitting you up early in the show because to be honest, it's Friday. And while I never mail it in, I'm not going to lie, I'm mentally exhausted and wanted to ask you what the old school Tim and Citizens are saying. Yeah. The new crew, we said at the start of all this, it would be your show. So how are they doing? What do they like? Well, they have a lot to say. What do they not like? Yes. Yeah, so we asked earlier, what do you like? What do you not like? Like right. you said, first of all, happy Friday, by the way. Yeah, happy Tim, Friday. Happy Friday. Friday. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so let's go to the tweets. Uh, they are rolling in fast and furious right now. Uh, Vinny says, more Ken Reed. I mean, he was yeah. funny. He brought in the wobbly trophy. Don't, don't tell Ken Reed. <laughs> uh, all we got to do is not. T- I agree with you. We just can't say it aloud. Yeah. I mean, this has been popular. <laughs> Kenny is popular with the yes. people right now. Eric says, I like the monologue. I like the digital media segments. I prefer more interactions like that. It reminds me of the podcast days with Pizzo, Noon, Bronstetter, et cetera. I like oh, the yeah. women's hockey roundtable Wait segment. Wait a second. Now, why is that your second tweet? <laughs> Huh? There's no particular order to this, okay? It's how <laughs> right. they come in. Right. It's the order of the timing of how mm-hmm. they come in. I see right through you, Ruben. Uh, yeah. Eric wants more cut or uncut segments, too. Nice. That was fun. Yeah. That's, wait, an, that's an uncut take. There you go. Lucas, the interviews have been top-notch with some incredible guests. Yes. Keep it up. Yeah, that's the crew That's your me. muscle right nah, there that he's got on got that emoji? That's got nothing to do with me. I just put people in the position to succeed. That's all I do. It has been the crew behind the scenes getting those people. We've had great guests. I can attest to that. Kyle says, love the format and friends so far, but what happens when Tim has no more friends? This is the second time we, someone has, you know, has broached this subject. Yeah, we, we dip into my real friends. <laughs> okay. That'll be fun. <laughs> like, That's... Just my boys, the guys that I grew up with. Bring them in. Yeah. Are they good on TV? Moose, Dino Nuno, <laughs> Brian McLaughlin. I guess we're going to find out. Dexter David. Oh, yeah. We're pulling them off. It, once we run out, we're just going to the kids that went to Annunciation That's perfect. I love that. We only got one more for you, Timmy. Right. Uh, Mark says, a little change up of desk, background angles and whatnot, just to break away fresh for the new show. Otherwise, and this is good, change nothing. Hashtag Tim and Friends. Uh, I will say this. like Because of COVID protocols, we have like Sebastian. I don't know if I can say your last name. Can I Legend. say your can I say your last name? Are you okay with that? Yeah. Sebastien Morin is our camera operator. Because of COVID protocols, we're only allowed one camera operator. And this dude is absolutely <laughs> killing it. A Jesse can attest to it. Back He's and forth. Back and forth. Right. <laughs> Think about it. We have two cameras, one camera operator. Legend. All right, there he goes. There he's he's going. He's off to the and races. He's over to camera one. <laughs> it's hard. It's not easy. There he is again. <laughs> there he goes again. Quick feet, though, on Sebi. All right, so that's the reason why uh, maybe some of the camera angles are tough to hold. Exactly. And or move because there's nobody there. <laughs> or we could just get robotics. We yeah. won't say that, Sebi. That's a bad word around here. I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't mean it. All right, uh, speaking of tough, tough one last night. 
for the Toronto Raptors in Tampa as the massively shorthanded Raptors blew a 15-point lead to the Hawks. And you'd like to be able to focus on how in the good name of Pop Mensabonsu they got the lead without Fred VanVleet, without Pascal Siakam, and without OG Ananobi, especially after being down 19, then up 15. That game was crazier than my guy working out. Who guy? This guy. I felt like we had to show it all to prove that it wasn't just a joke in the first one. Uh, either way, both still hurt. The Raptors and that guy being filmed. Uh, Jesse, bigger takeaway from last night. The Raptors blowing the lead or Kyle Lowry further cementing his claim to the Groat, the greatest Raptor of all time by passing Chris Bosh for second on the franchise all-time scoring list. What do you, what's your bigger takeaway? The blown 15-point lead or Lowry? I don't care so much for the result last night. The Raps lineup was super thin. But what, what I will say is get Tony Snell as far away from the Raptors as possible. Doesn't matter which team he's on. Milwaukee, Detroit, Atlanta. The guy is a Raptor killer. Get him out of here. We don't want to see him on the court against the Raptors. I need to look up. Like, Tony Snell's numbers from three are abs. He's shooting 57% from three this year. 100% against the Raptors. It's crazy. <laughs> uh, but I will say this. That, that loss hurts because this is gonna, it's going to be real interesting in the near future. And mm-hmm. the Sixers won without Embiid and Simmons, right? Like, yep. it's, everyone is facing a little bit of this. That's true. And while you'd like to say, all right, pass, you're missing three really good players – it's just the way the NBA is going this year. Uh, Raptors back in action Saturday at Charlotte. Still no word on the availability of Van Vliet, Siakam, or Ananobi. And as mentioned, at 17-20, and three-game losing streak, uh, it might get real tough here for the Raptors. Uh, we'll also talk a little NFL later on in the show. Free agency set to begin. And there was plenty of news today, including two new deals for quarterbacks who may be forever linked. Cam Newton reportedly set to return to New England on a one-year deal that could be up to uh, worth up to $14 million. Well, Tom Brady has agreed to an extension with the Bucks that will save the team $19 million against the cap. Here he goes and does it again, trying to help keep this championship core together. Patrick Mahomes, counter also. This one's crazy because he signed a deal in July, Jesse, to free up up to $17 million for the Chiefs. So he signs it in July, and already he's restructuring so that they can save money against the cap and surround him. This goes back to the conversation that we had with a rash earlier this week. And if you saw it, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And if you didn't see it, shame on you. you got to be watching every day or at least PVRing. Got it good and since you understood. From the Chiefs to the Leafs, for first things first. First things first. My God, the NHL's North Division has been fun to watch, and last night's Jets-Leafs game was a prime example of what I'm talking about. Back and forth, flashes of brilliance at both ends of the ice before the Leafs finally secured a 4-3 win in overtime on a ridiculous goal from Austin Matthews. Another pass in front of the goal. Down is Anderson. Riley's got the new stick, and he's back. 
center ice. How is that not a penalty? Pass to Matthews, closes! Score! Holy Mackinac! They win it in overtime! His NHL leading 21st helped the Leafs avoid getting hella bucked. Again, I mean that too. Not just because he's coming on the show. It was a ridiculous goal. The move, the fake to get the best goalie on planet Earth. Yeah, I said it. Connor Hellebuck is the best goalie on planet Earth right now. Even crazier, I'm saying that about a guy who I know ranks 25th in the NHL in goals against average and has a 9-11 save percentage. But if you watched last night, he was the best player on the ice again. That's what makes the Matthews goal even better. End of a long shift, tons of scramble in their own zone after Morgan Riley's stick was blown up. Then Matthews gets the sauce from Riley, the fake pass or shot, I don't even know what it was, to get the best goalie on planet Earth to bite then backhand pepper short side roof, which if you know me at all, my favorite goal scorer's goal, short side roof. And the rest he had, it was just unbelievable. He had the room because of the fake off the top, then the hands to pull off something like that. That's the kind of goal that gets other elite players to shake their head. Just an incredible goal by Mats. Uh, was so fast. Uh, just forehand to backhand, incredible uh, set of hands he's got. Yep, that's as excited as Johnny T gets post-game. And oh yeah, he's got over 350 career NHL goals, and that's still the reaction. If you know me, it's just the subtleties that I love. And I know he was kind of asked about it after the game, but I will ask him a few more. Austin Matthews will join us a little later on right here on Tim and Friends. But it was the entire game. It was just so much fun to watch. Even the Jets tying goal at 3-3. Speaking of subtleties, the little things, what a great goal that was. Ehlers jumping in. The read of the stick tap in front from Paul Stastny. Ehlers right on the stick with the hard pass. There's no room. There's no time. Great goal. And that got the Jets the point, well, along with Hellebuck. And don't look now, but the Jets are 7-2-1 in their last 10. They're 11-5-1 in their last 17. Sure, it's a random number, but it looks good. Did we just see a North Division final? Was that a preview of the North Division final? As a non-biased observer, sign me up. Well, either that or the Battle of Alberta. I would take the Battle of Alberta in the playoffs any day of the week. Anyone starting to rethink who won the Line A deal? I'll give you a second. Think about it. I said at the time, I wasn't sure how one-sided that thing was. The Roslevic throw-in made me think that maybe the Jackets won it. Might be some confirmation bias here, and we'll wait on it. But Winnipeg fans, you guys got to be feeling a little bit better about that deal now, no? Like the way... Line A has played in Columbus, and the way that we've seen Pierre-Luc Dubois make that top six even better. Hell, Line A was benched again last night. With a goal and assist, no less, he was benched again last night. Jackets lost their third straight, and after the game, Line A remained upbeat. Sorry, what's that? He looked like Sid Sixero after being told that the all-you-can-eat buffet was salad? <laughs> oh. 
by my count, I, I didn't see you the final seven minutes of the game. Were you surprised that, that the bench was shortened and you weren't part of the game after that? Um, yeah, we got scored on a couple of times, but, um, you know, I think the first two, um, if you take out the one play where the puck was bouncing a little bit and couldn't get it out and they end up scoring, I thought I was playing good, but um, I guess I, th- I thought wrong. <laughs> How long does that last in Columbus? Like, that does not look like a guy who wants to re-sign there, does it? Remember when I told you when he was dealt that he was going to see the difference between playing with Shifley, Ehlers, Stastny, Connor, Wheeler, and Columbus, right? Is John Tortorella really going to win this battle? These are all rhetorical questions that nobody is answering, which I know is kind of annoying. But Jesse is reading your tweets. Love to hear those answers from you. I can't help but think of Tort's future and the Flames bringing in Daryl Sutter to take over in Calgary. I mean, my guy got his systems in place faster than you can say hock and lube. Like, I don't know what's more amazing that in Sutter's first game, the Flames limit the Habs to 18 shots on goal, or even after winning his debut, Sutter's focus was on practice. That's right. He's talking about practice. Thanks very much, Daryl, and we'll reconvene tomorrow after practice. We practice at noon, right? <laughs> yeah, believe it. <laughs> what a perfect end to his first post-game presser. Here's the deal. I hate the way Sutter coaches the game. As a fan that just watched the Leafs and Jets, and it got me admittedly more excited than an 18-year-old young man in Montreal for the first time. Watching the Flames and Habs was less than ideal after all that in the Jets and Leafs, but Sutter's not paid to entertain me. He's paid to win hockey games, and that might just be the best way the Flames upset the apple cart in the North. Think about this. Sutter brings that style to a run-and-gun North that is still the highest-scoring highest division in all of hockey. Just might work, especially with Jacob Markstrom. Mika Kiprasas on line one. Johnny Quick's on line two. Daryl knows something about all that. So, Daryl, do your thing. I don't think even you could ruin this for Canadian hockey fans. Your style couldn't even take away what we have enjoyed in the North Division. This has been an absolute blast as we fire it back up for the Oilers and Sens tonight. McDavid and Dryside will have just 11 combined points in their last two games. Three more North games on Saturday for Ron McLean and the boys. You know, there was a, a line in that song, My Hometown, called Foreman Says These Jobs Are Going, Boys, and we don't know if they're coming back. And we didn't know if Daryl was coming back, but he is. And maybe that song's called Unfinished Business, Scott Oak. All right, it was Ryan Leslie and not Ron McLean, but I am falling more and more in love with Ryan Leslie's Ron McLean. Listen, I also love most sports, like almost every sport. And if you watch long enough, you can probably guess the ones I don't love. But old school Uncle Timmy watched a ton of U.S. college sports. Now that I have two kids, it's hard to do that without being a douchebag dad. But yesterday, we played the jump around from a couple of Wisconsin football games. And our next guest was a star at the University of Wisconsin in also one of the best hockey players on planet Earth. A friend of the show, someone so big in Canada, she had her own Barbie doll. The first Tim and friend of the day. 
Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, allow me to introduce Sarah Nurse. Sarah, thank you so much for being a friend. Thank you. I'm so happy that I am a friend. <laughs> I remember when I actually was on with you and Sid a few months ago, and you were asking, do you want to do broadcast? Like, what are, what are you thinking? And I remember telling you that, you know, your job seems pretty hard. I don't know if I want your job. And here I am getting a taste. So I don't know if that was a test, but I'm happy to be here. I'm, I may have rem remembered that when we uh, started talking about <laughs> friends. But here you go, two months later, taking on the challenge. I love it. By the way, I just brought up that jump around at Wisconsin. Street cred for me. Did you ever do the jump around while you were at Wisconsin? Oh, I was a third quarter staple. I was jumping around. You can ask. I brought my dad to jump around. That is like the best tradition in college sports. I love it. Um, what That's was your, awesome. What was your experience playing uh, high-level college sports like that? Like I, I can only imagine like Big Ten school, so much pomp and circumstance. What was it like to play at that level? I think for me, when I was choosing a university, going to a big school like Wisconsin was like number one on my list. I wanted to have that big college atmosphere. I wanted to go to the football games and, you know, almost go to class and be a number. I didn't want people to know who I was. And so going to a big school like that was incredible. And it's something that even if you get to go visit, go watch a football game or a basketball game, it needs to be on your bucket list because it is sports passion like you probably never see anywhere. Um, not only did Sarah play in a Frozen Four or a Frozen Face-Off, if you will, but if I'm not mistaken, in my notes I wrote, you won the Frozen Face-Off, you scored the game-winning goal, and were named the most outstanding player. Is this all correct? That did happen. That did happen. Awesome. Wow, you did your homework. <laughs> awesome. So did you ever score a goal like Matthew scored last night? You know what? No. That goal was incredible. I was sitting there watching it with my dad, and I don't know what sound came out of my mouth when he scored that goal, but I woke my dad up, <laughs> and it was incredible. Like, the fact that he was able to get that shot off, he's on one leg here getting that backhand shot off, and that was incredible. Like, it blew me away, and I every time it's been on a highlight, I've watched it. Is it the, for you, is it the quickness? Like, for me, the fake that sets, like, he set Hellebuck up, and then goes short side roof from the backhand. Like, is it is it the quickness of it? Like, what jumps out at you the most? I think it was the fake shot because we all know that Austin Matthews has that wrist injury, and so he hasn't really been shooting. And right. so that fake shot, he completely froze Hellebuck, and then the fact that he was able to get it so quick to his backhand, and I can't stress enough how hard that shot is to get off because he's completely off balance here. Like, he's literally on that right leg, and so... The quickness of that, the speed, the everything. And I think that capped off a very chaotic overtime for the Leafs. Okay, so I know this is, uh, is, is early in the broadcasting career of Sarah Nurse. Tonight, Oilers sends. And as a broadcaster, I believe that you have to stay neutral. I think that's part of the equation. But I will allow some bias when it comes to family. And I was on a podcast a couple days ago, and I turned a phrase that said, Nurse for Norris. Now, I know it might be a little premature here, and I'm going to allow a little bit of, uh, of, of bias to creep into your voice, but when I say Nurse for Norris, what do you think of? Because Cuz is playing some pretty good hockey. Yeah, I mean, I think a little bias, that makes me so proud to hear because I've seen the way that he's stepped into this new role, especially with Oscar Clef Clefbaum actually yeah. being hurt this year and out. He's really stepped into a role and relished in it. I, I was reading something this morning, and there's a headline that said, 
nurse snaps a six game point streak. And I was like, wow, he or a point uh, drought, excuse right. me. And I was like, as a defenseman, um, <laughs> if they're writing that about you, that's pretty impressive. I'm glad you snapped the, the point drought, but I think that's pretty impressive. And so we've just been able to see him add different layers to his game, obviously with the scoring touch that he's had. And he's had opportunities on the power play, uh, penalty kill, and he's logging a lot of minutes. And as a competitor, yeah. as a hockey player, that's what you want to do. You want to be playing the game and you that you love in all situations. And so, I mean, nurse for Norris, we'll see what happens. <laughs> All right, I'm going to add one more. We're a little late here, but I want to add one more. Uh, what's more impressive to you, or what would you rather do less um, or see him do? Play twenty over 29 minutes or fight Milan Lucic? I think we got to fight Milan Lucic. That <laughs> was a heavyweight yes. tilt. I was like, wow. No, that was, a, that was a pretty heavy, heavy tilt. And I know he got a couple of good shots. I think Lucic got a couple of good shots at him too. But that energizes both teams, really. Like that, that was a heavy tilt. And yeah. it was fun to watch. So, I mean, I'm not mad at it. You know what I love at the end and former teammates? The little tap on the, on the pants. Uh, I'm yeah, all about the know, subtleties. Absolutely. And I know that they have a ton of respect for yeah. each other. And so just to see that was pretty cool. Crazy. All right, time for a break. You stick around? Absolutely. I'll see you soon. Awesome. Uh, Sarah is going to stick around. We will come back with Kevin Bieksa. I believe a little Stony Creek tie between the two. Plus Austin Matthews at 6 Eastern as we continue on this Friday edition of Tim and Friends. Pass to Matthews. Closes. Scores! Holy Mackinac! That was unreal. I mean, the highlight reel goal. That's big time stuff. Do you feel like there's been a little bit of bad luck? Uh, yeah, sure. The great analytics, we all played them. Sends it now to Snell, and he got it! The game winner! A heartbreaking loss for the Toronto Raptors. I thought this was my building, and I feel terrible that I'm getting stopped, accosted, asking for passes. Everybody in this building should know who the hell I am. I I was like, what the hell? Is this Madison Square Garden? Is my number in the Raptors or what? Tim and Friends returns on Sportsnet, Sportsnet 360, Sportsnet 590. The fan, Sarah Nurse, is the first friend of the day. Kevin Bieksa, I'm not sure we're at friend level yet, but we're working on it. He joins the fray from his home in California. A little different these days, but uh, I believe there's a little Hamilton in the building today. And if I'm not mistaken, a little Stony Creek connect. Are both you guys calling yourselves Hamilton, Stony Creek? Like, where are you at on this? I'm Hamilton through and through. I played hockey in Stony Creek, but I'm from the Hammer. Proud of it. <laughs> I'm. Uh, I was born in Hamilton. Lived there for seven years. First started skating at remember Princess Point, which is a little part of Lake Ontario. That's where I learned how to skate. And then I moved. And I'm. I consider myself a Grimsby guy, but I also played AAA hockey for four years in Stony Creek. So a little bit of a little bit of everything. A little bit of Stony Creek. So the the hammers in the building. Like, did you have you ever skated with any of the nurses, Kevin? I've skated uh, with Darnell uh, several times. Uh, it's been a while. It's been maybe thinking like maybe six, seven years ago. But I, I kind of helped start a four on four men's league in the summer for all the pros in the area that would come home. And you know, Brian McGrath and Ray Emery. 
uh, Darnell will come out. Riley Sheehan. There was Ryan Ellis was another guy. Nice. Keep All the pro up. guys came home and, and made Hamilton their home in the summer. A bunch of guys from Europe. I mean, this goes back 15, 20 years. We were talking about the Hamilton double rings, which is a, a legendary dungeon that doesn't exist anymore <laughs> between the two steel factories, DeFasco and Stelco. And that that's where I... I don't know about you, sir, but I used to get dropped off there and play the all-day shinny. It was from 8 a.m. till 3 p.m., $5 for the whole day. And it was just random steel workers that would jump in on their lunch breaks. And that was my first hockey fight on the ice was was there with no <laughs> no referees, no officials. You just fight the guy, and then you awkwardly get your stuff, and you go back to the bench. <laughs> no, I mean, the double rinks, that was probably one of the coldest rinks in the city. You had to walk up the stairs and, like, ruin your skates every time you stepped on the ice. I think by the time I got up there, I think it was $10 for the shinny. But, no, it's the same thing. Dad would drop you off, and you'd play all day. And so these kids now are spoiled with the beautiful quad pad and gateway ice uh, arena. So we all went through the double rink. <laughs> Used awesome. to be just random people. Sorry to take over the show here, nope, Tim. I'm good with it. <laughs> there was random people. The one time, like I said, it was all <laughs> shitty. Dave Anderchuk just shows up, and I remember like toe dragging Dave Anderchuk when I was 12 years old, and I told my dad, "Dad, I just toe dragged Dave Anderchuk," and he goes, "Well, what happened after?" I go, "He chopped me down." <laughs> and then uh, I'm a Becky Keller used to train there as well in the summer who played for the, obviously the team, uh, team Canada Olympics and Laura Fortino would come out. So you have guys and girls in all different areas that would come out and play. It was, it was a cool little place. Uh, sounds like fun. And that's hey, that cold arena is where you get that Hamilton toughness from you. If you don't grow up tough from Hamilton, then you don't grow up in Hamilton. I got a media question or conversation for you guys. Um, I'm not sure if you saw it, but been in different media interactions in our lives. I on this side, you guys on the side of the players. I want to start with a clip from Ryan Johansson from last night. The Predators were down 4 nothing after 40 minutes. Second intermission on Fox Sports Tennessee in the midst of losing 5 of 6. Here's Johansson's interview. We don't chance from seven to two. They had a couple couple plays where they scored on it. Overall, man, the great analytics we outplayed them. Um, so we just wanted to try and build off of that, and we didn't quite do that that second period. So we'll go out in this third and try and do that. Do you feel like there's been a little bit of bad luck, maybe a few bad bounces that have allowed them to get on the board? Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, you know, it's just frustrating. We want to go out there and get back in this game. What's the mindset now heading into the third? Go score five goals. Thanks, Ryan. Thank you. <laughs> All right. I've been in the interviewer spot. Uh, your reaction to that, Sarah? We'll start with you. I mean, that's awesome. Um, <laughs> I think that's just honesty right to its core. And I think in, in those situations, you're a frustrated player and you're getting asked these questions and you're like, what do you want me to say? Like, do you want me to sugarcoat things? No, I'm going to tell you how it is. So I definitely love that one. Kevin, it's the first thing I, I looked at when I woke up this morning. I grabbed my phone. I'm scrolling through my Twitter and and I see that interview and I actually started laughing out loud. My wife's like, what's so funny? And uh, I, I have a little bit of history with Ryan Johansson because we have we share the same agent and him and Ryan Kessler have had a feud for years now. So right. I'm supposed to not like Ryan Johansson <laughs> because of my alliance to Kess, but I, yeah. I like him. I think he's hilarious. I texted our, our agent right away with the clip and I go, this is great. Like, this is what, <laughs> this is what the fans need to hear though. Rather than 
the cliches and, and the same old answers right. get puck steve yeah we're gonna just take it one goal at a time what a funny answer right what, what's your what's your goal in the third period score five goals like it's <laughs> funny right? i love it and, and listen i used to do the play-by-play for the hamilton tiger cats and every after every game i had to interview the coach and at the time it was greg marshall and i had a great relationship with him but you get smashed the last thing you want to do is this sponsored five minutes like why did they put the woman in the position to have to interview him down for like you can you just like do you ever have you guys ever waved off an interview because i don't know what the question you ask a guy after 40 minutes down for nothing like have you ever waved anything off sarah i haven't waved anything off um <laughs> definitely haven't been in that position to do that but i think it just comes down to like the frustration and in that interview, you see Johansson, like he's showing personality. He may be given that one word answer, but that's a bit of personality there and being like, you know what? I'm in this position right now. I have to do this. I'm just going to tell you exactly how I feel. BX, I know that you answered questions as Ryan Kessler in your history. So, but you, have you ever waved one off? The, the, the one where you just answered the questions, I think it was in LA, right? Like you just answered the guy's questions. Yeah, that was uh, that was after the game. But in between periods, what happens is they usually come in and from the media side now, like you're requesting certain people. You want right. somebody who had some sort of impact in the period. So usually you ask team services, can I can I maybe have this guy or that guy or that guy? And then from a player's point, I remember the team services guy coming to us or a woman and saying, hey, uh, can you do a quick hit here? And there were times where I'm like, probably not a good idea like if i do do this hit it's gonna be i'm gonna say something that you guys aren't gonna like i'm okay with it but so there were times where they would laugh and be like okay we'll ask somebody else that's maybe like dan hamby somebody that's a little (laughs) bit more uh gentle so i didn't outright say no but there were certain times where the team knew better like ah let's maybe like ask somebody else this time all right i'm glad you brought up public relations uh and that's the staff that coordinates this between the media and the players because the the second one that I want to bring up is Patrick Laine and I said it to Sarah or earlier in the show um, I have no idea why he's at the podium after being benched for the end of the game and then the Jackets PR staff tweeted this out here's Patrick Laine they tweeted this out by my count I, I didn't see you the final seven minutes of the game are you surprised that that the bench was shortened and you weren't part of the game after that? Um, yeah, we got scored on a couple of times, but, um, you know, I think the first two, um, if you take out the one play where the puck was bouncing a little bit and couldn't get it out and they end up scoring, I thought I was playing good, but um, I guess I, th- I thought wrong. All right, Kevin, your take on that one. Well, unfortunately, it's the Columbus Blue Jackets. So, like, who even plays on their team, right? <laughs> so, I mean, Patrick Laine, like, you're going to want to talk to him most nights, good or bad. And, and whenever there's bad, it makes for good good TV. So, I can I can see the media requesting him after he gets benched in overtime, and it's a big deal. And uh, But you're right. If you're Columbus, maybe you want to protect him a little bit. It's, it's tough, though, because, like I said, it's, it's Columbus, and – you know, who are you going to say, no, we're not going to give you line A. We're going to give you whoever right. they have, right? Like, right. people they want line A. The people want to hear line A. Right. Sarah, do you, have you learned how to deflect that even when you're benched standing there after a tough loss? 
Yeah, I mean, those are tough. And I I definitely feel for Line A because he's been kind of like a whipping boy this year. Yeah. And he's had he's had a tough season and he's a little wounded. And so you look at when you ask him about him being benched, like, what do you really expect him to say? Like, right. of course, as a player, he's a competitor. He doesn't want to be benched. And so um, I think there are definitely things that need to go on internally. Like if he if he's thinking that he's playing well and he's out in the media saying this and he's getting benched, like that's conversations that need to definitely happen internally. But man, like we may bring somebody else to the podium who can help line A out. Sarah. Sarah, how many times have you have you been benched where you totally agreed with it? Like usually when you get benched, you're kind of under your breath. Like, are you kidding me? Like, I don't deserve to be benched. So, like when you go up to the podium, and I've had some of those too. In the back of your head, you're like, this is crap. Like I shouldn't have been benched, but you know you can't say that. So like you go up and you try to be the good guy. Like yeah, well you know like wasn't playing my best. And in the back of your mind, you're like, this is crap. Like. So it's no, a absolutely. difficult situation to be in, right? Yeah, because as a player, like, when do you ever agree with being benched? Like, you, you realistically never. Um, and so I think as you're sitting at that podium, you're you're kind of sitting there and you're like, no, I didn't deserve to be benched. Of course, I thought I was playing well. And so that's definitely a thought at, a thought at the end of everybody's mind. I got Sarah's reaction to it. And Austin Matthews is coming up a little bit later, Kevin. Uh, the, the goal that he scored to beat the Jets... I mean, I just thought it was ridiculous how quickly he made the move in the hand, short side shelf. Uh, how impressed were you with that goal? Very impressed. Mm. I, I watched it live too, and just the uh, just when you think you've, you know, you've you've seen Marners and Matthews, their their skill set, they they do like things like that that just are like that is so hard. The, the moves that he makes before he goes to the backhand, he takes it on his backhand and he shows like he's going to shoot it. And he knows that Shifley's coming across with a stick. Like, there isn't a whole lot of time. But he, he gives that one stick handle to freeze the goalie and then goes backhand and shelves a rolling puck with pressure. Don't forget he's at the end of his shift because they were just all the way down in Winnipeg's end, uh, right, playing defense. It, it's just an amazing uh, display of, of skill. And there's not many guys who can do that. And it's, it's amazing how the skill level is getting higher and higher in the NHL. Yeah. That's that's even more impressive than people think as, as a player watching that. Yeah, I was trying to explain it off the top of the show. Like all of the things, the end of the shift, the taking the pass from a guy who just switched his stick and then that little subtle move. We'll ask him about it coming up on the show. Sarah, before we let both of you go, are the Leafs the best team in the North Division? I think when all six guys on the ice, goaltender and included are playing i think that they're the best team in this north division they're a very impressive team to watch and i think they have different things to throw at you every night we've seen it they've been able to mix up their lineups and and change different things i think they've kind of figured out what needs to happen on the back end i think their defensive core is pretty strong and so i like the leaves at the top spot kevin before we let you go one more uh and it's got to do with edmonton I can't believe when I look at Mike Smith's numbers, what he's putting up at his age. If if he can keep this up, like they're a legit threat to win the division, are they not? They are. They've been hot lately. You know, you have McDavid and Dreisaitl yeah. who could carry most teams, but you start getting contributions from other people, especially goaltending, and that's been their, in my opinion, that's probably been their Achilles heel the last few years. They haven't really had that solid goaltending. I can't even think of the last bonafide number one goalie that the Oilers have had. They've had a really bad decade of, of hockey. And a big part of that has been the goaltending and, and Mike Smith another KO sports guy. So 
you know, I feel like my agent knows what he's doing. He's got all these guys that are great interviewers or great players. And he, uh, you know, he's, I'm happy for him because he's an older guy too. And he's battled a lot of hip injuries. Yeah. And I know that from some of the rehab that we did together. And I love seeing older guys that have battled physical ailments and came back and he's playing at a high level at an older age. And I still think, and this is, you guys are going to probably laugh at me. I still think Montreal is, is, is a threat to be the best team to come out of the North and, and Ben Sherrod broke his hand the other night. He's another great Hamilton guy who uh, I've skated with for 15 years. When he comes back, hopefully sooner than later four four weeks or, or six weeks, whatever it is, I'm not sure what it is, but I still love their team on paper. Carey Price finds their, his game again, even though Jeff Merrick says he's an average goalie now, which I thought was just a wild Wild comment, but not the last three games. Not the last three games. He finds his game again. Their defense is really good and stingy. Edmondson, how good has Edmondson been and and, and Petrie together? Plus 24. Just talking about it in studio with a Habs fan. Plus 24. There you go, right there. And and I like this Romanov guy. Like their defense is as deep as any team in the NHL. Forget about the North. And then they got these young guys who who know how about Josh Anderson's hanging in with the big boy Lucic the other night. Like there's not many guys who will fight Lucic. And then out of those small few that will fight him, will actually hang in there and throw in the yeah. pocket and give the guy credit. So that goes a long way. I think we know, uh, we know Lucic brings the hammer down, but I thought we brought the hammer up in this segment. I'm sorry. I was doing my Ron McClain. Brought the yeah. hammer up on this segment. Of Tim and I like to call <laughs> Thank you very much. Both of you. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you, Sarah. Awesome job. Cheers. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. All right. There is uh, Friends, Bieksa, and Nurse from the Hammer. Coming up, a little Friday staple we bring with us to Tim and Friends from Tim and Sid. It's the best of the week, and it's next right here on Sportsnet. Some things never change, kids. Back on Tim and Friends, and while it's not Tim and Sid, we still have the best of the week. Here's where we compile the best clips that we have seen either on the show or on the internet. Put them together for your viewing and listening pleasure and allow you to vote on the best of the week. Nominee number one, there's been considerably less yelling in the studio with Sixero gone. That all changes right here, right now. Gianmarco Pozzecco, head coach of the Italian basketball club Dinamo Sassari exploded in a post-game press conference following his team's loss to the uh, in the Basketball Champions League round of 16. The source of his rage? The referees. Because in my opinion, they touched the ball. Not when they called that Miro didn't touch the ball and then changed on the idea. The other one, and they didn't go to watch. This is not fair. This is not fair. My, my guys, my guys, they travel 25 hours to come to play the game here. This is not fair. This is not fair. This, I, I'm not talking about how they left. That, that was disgusting. I'm talking just to, I asked them, hey, please, can you go to watch? I was sure that he touched the ball. They didn't go. They didn't go. Those are like my son, I have to protect them. <laughs> this is not fair. 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 
Disaster, this is disaster, but I cannot complain. Every, everybody do his job on the court. You can make, I can make maybe mistake. Uh, my player, opponent, everybody can make mistake. But this is, we are talking about something else. Uh, we have not to talk about the game. I'm let's go, Mia. I love the end. I said something stupid. Now we go. Uh, Sid Sixero, no stranger to being a nominee in the best of the week. Well, he made his debut on breakfast television this week, and he got a, a warm welcome from a number of celebrities, including the Prime Minister of Canada, Justin Trudeau. Good morning, BT. I just wanted to stop in and say congratulations to Sid on his first day. For a decade, you've entertained Canadians with daily sports updates, and I know you'll continue to do that. And I know that you and Dina will also make sure that Canadians have all the information they need and more to start their day. So congratulations again. I look forward to joining you both soon. In the meanwhile, stay safe and healthy, everyone. Oh, wow, Mr. Fancy Pants gets a shout-out from the Prime Minister of the country. You think you're some sort of big shot, don't you, Sixera? You go over to that breakfast television show, and, yeah, the Prime Minister is shouting me out, well, guess what, kid? We got a shout-out of our own. Yeah, that's right. Trudeau in the building, son. Greetings, Tim and friends. Uh, I just wanted to stop in and say congratulations <laughs> To Tim. See? On the first week of the new show. For decades, you've entertained Canadians with your daily sports updates. Mm -hmm. And I know you'll continue to do that. <laughs> Things in the studio may look and smell <laughs> a little different these days. But Tim. I know that you and friends will give Canadian sports fans all the information they need and more. So congratulations again. Stay safe. Stay well. <laughs> and remember, Wu-Tang is for children. <laughs> I didn't see that one yet. That's awesome. And finally, many of our friends have stopped by this week, and we are thankful for each and every one of them. But Flames reporter Ryan Leslie somehow turned his solo appearance on Thursday into a, a revolving door of guests, including me and Ron McLean. I have no idea how he did it, but he did it. Tim. Sean McKenzie, fashion, adorable, but uh, it's great to be with you as always. Oh, nice. I thought I would go. Oh, nice. I like it. Pay the ultimate respect to look <laughs> like exactly <laughs> like you. And I thought I could tee this game up. Uh, anybody could. But I thought, how great would it be if Ron McClain teed it up for you? And uh, so I thought I'd give it to you this way. As you know, Tim, my full Ron McClain. As you know, Tim, uh, Bruce Springsteen wrote a song in 1984 called My Hometown, Daryl Sutter's hometown, Viking, Alberta. And I just got thinking, I just started to think, isn't that neat? You know, there was a, a line in that song, <laughs> My Hometown, called Foreman Says These Jobs Are Going, Boys, and we don't know if they're coming back. And we didn't know if Daryl was coming back, <laughs> but he is. And maybe that song's called Unfinished Business, Scott Oak. <laughs> so good. 
So good. All right, head to Tim and Friends on Twitter right now, at Tim and Friends on Twitter, to vote. We will unveil the winner a little later on in the show. Jesse Rubinoff, digital producer, you get a vote, although it doesn't count towards any sort of, uh, of call on this uh, best of the week. What say you, though? Ryan Leslie might have been the funniest impression I've seen in years. What? Oh, yeah. Our Trudeau wasn't an impression. That was actually just that was, Trudeau. Sorry. Oh, and, yeah. yeah. And thank you to the Prime Minister for that, because that was amazing. It was who, very well said. Who knew that he knew Wu-Tang Clan? <laughs> I had no clue. I mean, I thought, Sebastian, it was for the kids, not for the children. But <laughs> If Ryan Leslie hosts sorry. Hockey Night in Canada. Justin, Justin sorry. <laughs> if Ryan Leslie hosts Hockey Night in Canada, would anybody know any different? I mean, I knew he was looking yeah, like he's, he, he's he was bald. looking like you there. Yeah, he's bald. <laughs> But the voice, yeah. if he just does the voice, uh, nobody will know. Scott Oak, that got me. I was on the floor. Isn't that neat? Yes. Got me. Isn't that neat? <laughs> <laughs> All right. After the break, coming off that ridiculous OT winner, leading the NHL in goals, the Toronto Maple Leafs' Austin Matthews joins me on this Friday edition of Tim and Sid. Uh-oh, another dollar in the jar. Tim and Friends, Sportsnet. Sportsnet 360. Sportsnet 599 FM. $5? Sorry, $5. And now, time for Real Sports Talk with Tim McAuliffe and friends of the show. Thank you very much, Sheepdogs, back here for the final hour of our first week here on Tim and Friends. Thank you for being with us, and thank you for being a friend. Still to come, Mark Spears and Kendrick Perkins for some basketball talk. Plus, we crowned the best of the week winner. And thank you to Justin Trudeau for stopping by and saying hello to Tim and Friends, as he did with Sid Sixero at Breakfast Television. Speaking of crowning, Austin Matthews is on his way to being crowned the Rocket Richard winner this season in the NHL. Don't believe me? Listen to this. Let's get to the big question tonight. Will Austin Matthews score tonight? If you're a betting man, you say yes. You just feel the confidence exuding from 34 right now. One-timer scores! Austin Matthews! It's a lot of ways to look at the goal-scoring prowess right now, and it's all... Very impressive. Hottest sniper in the league. Return to Matthews. Shooting. Scores! This is a recording. Austin Matthews has scored again. Matthews in one. Shoot. Scores. Austin Matthews gets his second. It scores. Austin Matthews. Overtime winner. Pass to Matthews. Closes. Man, I'm still shaking my head. Joining us in the middle of a pretty entertaining three-game set with the Jets is the National Hockey League's leading scorer, Austin Matthews. Austin, thanks for jumping on with us. Well, thanks for having me. Uh, Listen, I'm not trying to get any secrets here. I just love the subtleties of the game, the little things. And earlier in the show, I was talking about that game winner from last night. It's ridiculous to me, the fake, the move, and then short side roof on the backhand. I know you were fired up for the win. But in the moment, do you realize how filthy the goal is? Um, I don't know. I think uh, there's just a lot going on in your head. It all happened so fast. I think 
um, I was just excited to score and um, you know to win, and just to see all the boys, um, you know, super pumped and everybody, you know, kind of join the pile. Um, I don't think you really think too much about what just happened. I think you're just happy that you know you scored and the game's over. And you get the win. I, I obviously know that. Do you watch the replays at all, or just go in, watch tape, get your work done, and get ready for Saturday? Um, yeah, I think it's uh, you know it's hard not to to kind of watch it. Yeah. Um, I like to watch my my shifts and stuff over after games anyways. But um, yeah, I think anytime you kind of do you know something cool, um, you know it's always always nice to maybe watch it a couple times and uh, and then maybe move on from there. So I know after the game that you said uh, you thought of the move in the moment. And that's what I love about hockey, uh, football, basketball. Like, you don't have time to plot things out. But the fake that draws one of the best goalies in the world to bite, was that a fake shot, a fake pass, or were you just trying to get him to bite? Um, I mean, I think it was a fake shot, but just trying to get him to bite. Um I mean, he played. He, the last few games, he's been unbelievable. Um, he's made some some incredible saves, and um, you know, you really got to tip your hat to him. Um, but yeah, Mo made a really nice pass to me, and I thought um, I was just kind of reacting, and I thought uh, in my head he, he came out pretty aggressively, so I wanted to take the shot right. and uh, and see if I could uh, pull it over the backhand and, and find some space. Right. All right, I'm, I'll move on, I promise. Austin Matthews of the Toronto Maple Leafs joining us here on Tim and Friends. I was talking to uh, an old-school friend of mine about how Toronto teams have some pretty ridiculous super fans in Drake and Bieber. What did you think of the Leafs' love song and love letter from Justin Bieber? <laughs> I loved it. Um, I thought uh, I thought it was pretty cool. It was a nice little little collaboration, and... Um, yeah, it's really awesome to, you know, obviously Leafs Nation uh, extends so far, and, and we have so many really passionate fans, um, not just in Toronto, but all over the world. But, you know, to have somebody, you know, on that caliber and, um, you know, as big as he is and the support that he shows us, and, um, you know, I think it really means a lot to, to everybody. Uh, it's just really cool to, to have somebody like that on board and, and supporting you. So I know you've developed a bit of a relationship with one of the best-selling artists on planet Earth. Like, pre-pandemic, are you guys hanging out? Like, are you talking on the phone? Are you guys just boys now? Um, yeah, we talk a, uh, a pretty good amount. Um, you know, I spent time with him in the off-season uh, in California and some other places as well. Uh, and I've really got to know him um, you know, really, really well and talked to him over text quite a bit um especially throughout the season and um yeah he's he's great like i can't say enough uh enough nice things about him like he's such a nice person and um you know for how how big of a celebrity he is he's extremely down to earth and um you know really really truly cares about people and um yeah it's, it's really awesome just the whole experience getting to know him and and build a friendship and you know, a relationship with him um you know, i feel pretty lucky Awkward if you don't, but do you watch Dave with Little Dicky? <laughs> I I do actually. I did. Uh, I did watch a couple episodes. Did you see the episode where he goes to a party at Bieber's? And I won't ask you the particulars, but have you ever been in Little Dicky's spot and gone to the party at Bieber's? 
we got to work on that we got to work on you you need at yeah, least yeah that's the next step yeah you need at least little dicky behavior all right i'm gonna get to hockey here we go um it's been a pretty good start for the boys uh, i know the metrics were still there even during the three-game losing streak but was there any worry or second guessing during that little slide of three no uh i don't think so really i, I mean I didn't really think the mood or the attitude of the team really changed. So obviously, we didn't. I don't think we necessarily played uh, bad, but you know, we had a couple of lapses uh, in Vancouver and, and games that we were winning, and we obviously ended up losing those. And uh, that's always frustrating, and um, you know, obviously, stuff that you things that you don't want to happen, but. Uh, I thought we handled the adversity really well. I don't think the mood and locker room changed. Everybody came to the ring, ready to work, and, and ready to go. And um, you know, trying to get a different outcome. And obviously, the one uh, on Tuesday against Winnipeg, uh, you know, hurt. But uh, it was nice to get back in the win call, especially after the last few games. Um, you know, just getting back on track. And um, you know, maybe would have liked to would have liked to do it in uh, in regulation there, but. Uh, it was nice to, to pull out the win and get, the, get both points. Just a couple more here. Um, some concerns in the media about your injury as of late. You respond with three goals in two games. How is the wrist, I mean, upper body doing? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's progressing, uh, definitely. I think, you know, earlier last week, I was a little bit frustrated for sure, but, um, you know, over the last couple of days, I think the rest has really paid off. And, um, you know, each game, I think it's, it's, felt better and better so um you know, I, I can't complain um you know I, I just want to be out there i want to play and help the team win and do what i can i was talking about your projections on numbers early in the year because of your finishing ability and because of the fact that you're playing with marner and thornton who i called two of the better passers of our generation and i mean that um if this were a normal mm-hmm. regular season you'd be on pace for 66 goals. Like, I love that greatness expects that of themselves, but does this year feel a little different for you? Uh, I don't know. I think, um, I mean, like you said, I, I play with some really good players and uh, two exceptional passers, and, you know, we've had Hyman, um, you know, interchange there and in that spot a lot as well, so. Yeah. Um, between those three guys, I mean, they're they're all really great players, and they all um, are super easy to play with. And I think, as far as you know, goals and expectations for yourself, okay, I think I hold myself to a pretty high standard. But uh, in the end, I just I just want the team to succeed and the team to do well. And you know, I think uh, if I'm doing what I can do, um, you know, just put my best foot forward. Um, you know, I can you know help the team go in the right direction. Hey, man, I know that we both got a jet, but I, uh, I really appreciate you doing this. It's been fun, and uh, hopefully we can do it again down the road. Yeah, thanks, John. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. There is uh, Austin Matthews of the Toronto Maple Leafs after uh, what was a fun hockey game to watch. Listen, I know if you're a Jets fan, I get that you've probably uh, you've seen enough of it, but the Jets have been playing great hockey, and just if you just take the step back for a flash, that was a really fun hockey game to watch, and they will do it all over again Saturday night on Hockey Night in Canada uh, as they finish out their three-game series, Jets and the Leafs. It's crazy that we're saying that now. Are you enjoying Jesse Rubinoff, digital producer? Are you enjoying the three-game sets and the long-term 
uh, matchups in the National Hockey League? When it's the Leafs and Jets and Austin Matthews is giving us highlights like that, I don't think people can really complain about that. I think Sarah Nurse said it when you were interviewing her. Great job to Sarah Nurse and Kevin yeah. Jackson, by the way. Uh, everyone made a sound who was watching that game. When Matthews right. made that move and then went shelf, every, whether it was uh, your Jets fan going, no, or your Leaf fan going, ooh, Right. Everyone loved that moment. Yeah. So that was pretty cool. Not love. Not love. Not everyone oh, loved sorry, the sorry. moment. You know what? <laughs> I actually have a tweet pertaining to oh, that yes? exact thing. Okay. Uh, Scott writes in, uh, could you show the Matthews goal more? I don't think I saw it the first 100 <laughs> times you showed it. Hashtag enough already. <laughs> Jets fan. And we're going to show it another couple times just for Scott. Let me, let me just say pleasure. this. Yeah. When Connor McDavid <laughs> scored a couple of his goals We've done the same thing. Against the Leafs, too. That Riley goal that he scored against yeah. Riley last year. That was unbelievable. Walking think, around him. I think we showed the the one where he stopped and started on Riley like 100 times that show. Yeah. Listen, we appreciate greatness on this show. 100%. Okay? There's nothing wrong with showing greatness unless, of course, you're a Jets fan. But you guys are doing okay right now. 7-2-1 and one in your last 10. Not Pretty bad. Pretty good. Not bad. I got one more for you. Though. Okay. Kind of a breaking tweet. Why breaking, don't we throw it up here? A breaking tweet? It's a breaking tweet. Nice. Just happened. Why don't Jesse we put it up? Jesse coining phrases. Sid Sixero at Tim and no, Friends no. is a really good show. He must have seen the uh, Trudeau impression. I think that's probably what got him. No, you know what? He's done this <laughs> twice this week, and it's horse bleep, all right? He doesn't put the dot in front of Tim and Friends. He knows what he's doing. He's an expert on Twitter. You it, know what he did. I know he's an expert, for sure. He did this to me earlier. He said, watch Tim McAuliffe, or he said, at Tim McAuliffe is a good broadcaster. And you know what he's doing. What's he doing? All the people who watch BT don't see that. <laughs> Only people who follow me and Tim and friends see this tweet. <laughs> you understand what I'm talking about here, digital producer? I got it. He's, he's I throwing know a fake. It. Yeah. He's throwing a fake, and only people who follow both see that tweet. Well, it's picking up steam. It's getting some traction, so. I don't care for it. Sixero, <laughs> I don't fall for that nonsense. I know you're an expert at getting likes and retweets, and that's all he's doing. He's only tweeting to at Tim and Friends followers. Well, that's strategic. How can you blame him? I just did. Well, yeah, I guess that's true. Mr. Justin Trudeau <laughs> sending me a message on breakfast television. Big shot. After the break, we may get back at Mr. Sixero. We'll talk some <laughs> basketball with longtime friend of the show, Mark Spears of ESPN's The Undefeated. That's right, Spearsy. Next friend, Tim. And friends. Tim and friends, coast to coast on Sportsnet for another uh, about 11 minutes or so. Sportsnet 360, Sportsnet 590, the fan, you got us till the end of the hour. Then it's the weekend for me and my crew kids. Uh, the friends part of Tim and friends has been fun up to... I mean, we're over 20 different friends who have rolled through on these first five episodes, but absolutely none of them, not one single one of them, has ever told us, one, a story about meeting Osama bin Laden's daughter in a bar, or tore Sid Sixero to shreds, like our next guest. Spearsy, I want your honest opinion. Again, this is Southern Ontario, 1988 to 1989. It was a different time back then. The number. It Another was summer. You got a Jerry curl? It's worse. <laughs> no, you it's might worse. As well have. I think it's a little bit worse. Oh, oh. ice, ice, baby. <laughs> God dang. 
Wow. Eyebrows in the teeth. Golly, boy. Did you, how many cavities did you have? <laughs> the natural reaction to that is wow. amazing. Now, I mean, amazing. What a turnaround. <laughs> 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 God bless you. have got smacked. I did not expect Mark this reaction Spears, yeah. from Mark Spears Whoa. of ESPN. I'm so happy for you, man. I'm so happy. <laughs> I went the other way. That's my problem. Jeez. You, you fogged my glasses, Mark Spears. You didn't get hazed at all. I didn't get Nobody any. Nobody was a bully to you. I didn't get anything at all. <laughs> It's a great response. We have to talk about basketball at some point here. Um, the Bucks go. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> talk about the Bucks. Look at the, the Buck teeth here, boy. <laughs> Whoa. Uh, close, strong. Spearsy yeah. joining us from New Orleans with the resume not a lot of folks can boast. Uh, the story about Bin Laden's daughter and that. What do you remember about that? I mean, you were interviewed about that by a guy in the athletic. Like, what's going on? Well, well, first of all, I feel really bad because I think this is the same sweater I had all that day, man. <laughs> so it looked like I don't have any clothes. <laughs> uh, no, I grew up playing the dozens. I don't know if they know that term in yeah. Canada, but yeah, your mom talking trash. Yeah, and we we didn't take it personal. You only did it with your friends, right? And I and I consider you guys brothers. So if I if I didn't know that, know him, I wouldn't have said all that, you know. But since uh, I feel like we're family, just we're having fun. This you... so happened that millions of people are listening, but that was besides <laughs> the point. Uh, can you believe our boy bounced to breakfast television? That means he got paid. <laughs> yes. So you can believe it is what you're telling me. Yeah, money talks. <laughs> yeah. A cool dude to be around. So, but you know, you ain't putting money in his pocket. So he, you know, he. <laughs> I want to see what he's driving now. Obviously, he's got a better dentist, so uh, with his new cash too. So he's doing all right. <laughs> Already getting the horns, Fierce. Um, I know you're in New Orleans, you, I, and I know that's home. You didn't go to the Pels game last night, did you? Unfortunately, I did. You did. I left at the end of the third quarter. My um, goodness. Truly embarrassing performance by the Pelicans, a uh, team that is uh, vying to make the playoffs. And, you know, it's funny, before the game, I said about the Pelicans, I said the difference between the Pelicans and the Warriors, and the Warriors really didn't show up last night, is no. the Warriors went about 50%, 40 to 50% of their games against the really good teams, but against the bad teams, they're like got a 90% clip, I think. Like right. they, they focus in on the teams that they're supposed to be, and that's not the Pelicans. Right. I mean, they're they certainly not living up to their record. I understand Stan Van Gundy didn't get a summer or much of a training camp and got a lot of young guys, um, new system and everything. But this is perhaps the most underperforming team in the league or one of the most underperforming teams. And to be down by 30 to the worst team in the Western Conference led me to believe, like, where were, what were they doing during All-Star break? Right. Like, uh, I mean, and, and D'Angelo De- Russell didn't even play. So it's, it was certainly probably the low point of the Pelican season right out of the break, which is not a good sign for them. So let me ask you this, and for those who don't know, uh, the Pelicans got smashed by the Minnesota Timberwolves, not a team to get smashed by last night. Is, is like, any worry about Zion not being what we once thought he might be? 
I don't know that he's going to be the the high flyer all the time. You know, it's, it's interesting since he's had his knee surgery, he's been really effective getting layups, right hand layups, left hand layups, very beautiful layups. But those layups in in Duke were more dunks, and I think big reason why he got a lot of the attention is is his, his uh, dunking ability, his shot block, and so he he did have this as you see this nasty dunk in the in the first half, but I think there needs to be more than that to keep people like getting excited about him. They're, they're getting more excited about Luca, Trey, you know, some of the other young guys in the league. And so he has to keep momentum going, but in order to keep that momentum going and, and, and continue to be on television in the States, they got to win. And so with their losing record, I, I do worry for them that even though he's had great numbers, even though he's an all-star, if they're one of the, if they're not making the playoffs or even the play-in, that interest could certainly wane on him. Mark Spears joining us from now. Correct me if I'm wrong here. Locals, it's Nolans. Nolans. I got it. New Orleans or Nolans depends on who says it. All right. Uh, so Mark Spears joining us from Nolans. I'll go Nolans. My on dad's this one. office, man. My dad's old office. You oh, know, that's he's a jazz awesome. aficionado. So who you got? You got Miles back there. Who else is back there? Dizzy Gillespie, nice. obviously Louis Armstrong in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. I think that's Count Basie behind me too. Nice. Yeah, nice. he some good some good choices. I I see the sun and he, shining. He thought Lena Horn was beautiful, so I think Lena Horn. <laughs> <laughs> I see the sunshine in there, so it is. What a yeah. wonderful world, Mr. Spears. Uh, let's continue yeah. this basketball talk. Uh, kicking off the second half, who do you think is the favorite to win it all right now? Oof. Is it Brooklyn? Is it LA or LA's? <laughs> and in the in the East, I definitely see the Nets getting there. Um, uh, they got Griffin. Um, if, if they don't get there, it's a health reason. If if they they don't have, but you know we see Kevin Durant still out. But I think they're certainly the favorite to get there. Blake Griffin will be a good addition. He doesn't have to be the guy, but a good complimentary piece. Then I expect them to be in a mix to, to you know, get another uh, big man to help them in the center spot. So I, I like the Nets' chance. Might surprise you, but if you throw up the Western Conference, and I know this is going to be a huge surprise, that team that's number one, I really like them. Right. I like them a lot. And I wouldn't be surprised if they get there. Anthony Davis's injury really scares me for the Lakers. Kind of sadly, and I hope I'm completely wrong, reminds me of Kevin Durant's with the Warriors his last season a little bit. Clippers after the bubble. It's going to take a while for me to completely buy in. But when you look at the Jazz, they got a superstar score in Donovan Mitchell. They have a a pillar in the the post and and Rudy Gobert who blocks shots and is intimidating and is a great rebounder and gets a lot of easy buckets. Bogdanovich is somebody that they sorely missed in the bubble that is really going to help them. They got shooters. They got a great complimentary staff. And then Jordan Clarkson could be sixth man of the year. He, anybody that can score 40 points off the bench is, is, is truly outstanding. And people are just sleeping on them. They finally seem to have the right chemistry. They're winning games. And they have everything that you need to win a championship. And they're not the sexy team. And they got dissed during the, the you know, the all-star selection. Yep. But, I'm a, you know, I'm going to go on a limb and say it's going to be Brooklyn versus Utah. You know, it's funny. So, last year, I put money on Utah because I felt like they had a good mix. 
I felt like they were a team that maybe could offset because there were only two superstars in each spot. There weren't the big three last year. And I wonder if we will look back at what happened against Denver in the postseason yeah. as and and this the the slight at the all-star break like that's almost you know how much that motivates guys at yeah. that level like I feel like yeah. the kick in the teeth in the bubble losing the 3-1 lead to Denver and these slights might just motivate yeah. these guys even more and then even Donovan like who's like yeah, we meet him both those yeah the Shaq Shaq yeah. dissing him and yeah. saying uh he doesn't think he could get any better than who he you know than, yeah. he, than he can be all that stuff, man. I mean, Utah is that that team that's been disrespected for a long time. I remember the fear that they had when they had Carl Malone and John Stockton. And this is, you know, Mark Eaton down low. That I mean, this team has equal talent. And not having Bogdanovich, you know, really hurt them. That They should have won that series. And and Donovan Mitchell was crushed and motivated from that. And, and look, Mike Conley, I didn't even mention him. Yeah. They got three all-stars on their team. Getting favors back on their bench was that was a, was out. So they got a chip on their shoulder. They have a better team than they had in the bubble. They're winning games. They are and they're good. They're well coached, and they're under the radar with no pressure. And depth. keep an eye on Utah. Yeah, and depth. Um, we got about a minute and a half here in this block, and then we're going to bring on our friend KP to talk to us. Um, do you think the deadline in the NBA is going to be busy? Good question. I, I kind of feel like Drummond is going to get bought out. Yeah. And it'll be very interesting to see where he goes um, after he, he gets bought out. Um, yeah, I, I, I do. I, I do see the Southwestern Division um, being very, very active. You know, I'm, I'm keeping an eye on J.J. Redick, LaMarcus Aldridge, uh, DeRozan, um, Porzingis. You know, I'm keeping an eye on him, George Hill and Al Horford in Oklahoma City. To me, you know, the Southwest Division has a lot of them, um, although, although OKC is not in the Southwest, but Texas, Oklahoma, and uh, uh, Louisiana like that. The South, got you. Yeah. They have a lot of guys that are, are getting interest some veteran guys. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if George Hill maybe ends up in, in, in Lakers or, you know, another guy's JaVale McGee. Keep an eye on him, but I do think that perhaps maybe even the better market, um, Eric Gordon and P.J. Tucker, uh, might even be the buyout market right. because it certainly will be less costly. But I do expect a lot of movement. Maybe not a blockbuster movement, but yes, movement. Uh, we will ask Mark Spears and Kendrick Perkins about Kyle Lowry and whether or not he may join that list. Spears, are you stick around? Yes, sir. Let's All do it. All right. Time for Hockey Central on Sportsnet, but we are going to continue with Spearsy on Sportsnet 360 and Sportsnet 590, The Fan. Adric Kendrick Perkins to the mix as well, and we are going to have some fun closing out this Friday edition of Tim and Friends back in 60. This is... Tim and Friends on Sportsnet 360, Sportsnet 590, The Fan, and it includes Mark Spears for the second hour of the show. And now, Kendrick Perkins. Do you guys know each other, Perk Spearsy? <laughs> Do we? <laughs> Do we? Hey, hey, listen, Tim, me and, me and Spears go back like four, flat, fat, uh, four flats on the Cadillac, man. <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey man, I, I know him, Perk. 
since he was a young center with the Celtics. I actually covered the Celtics from 2007 to nine. And uh, my favorite, I have a lot of great perk stories. All right. Some I could tell on the air, some I can't. <laughs> right. Understood. Unless I, I was able to call Perk in advance and ask him if it was okay. But a quick word I remember him saying, um, I said, Perk, man, your wife's a really nice lady, man. How'd you meet her? He said, man, I walked into the club and I saw her. I thought she was beautiful. So I said, you know what? You need to make your next move your best move. And she said, no, you need to make your next move your best move. And we've been together ever since. <laughs> Yo, <laughs> that's a true story right there. That's a true story. Uh, all right, I want to talk some ball because uh, it's not often that I get two minds like this on the phone at the same time. Uh, there has been a lot of talk about Kyle Lowry's future in Toronto. And even uh, after last night's collapse against the Atlanta Hawks, uh, he became the second all-time leading scorer in Toronto Raptors history, passing Chris Bosh. Um, I'll start with you, Perk. Do you think that Kyle Lowry could move here at the deadline? I, I just don't see it happening. Uh, and it, for the simple fact that you can't just give up the greatest Raptor of all time. And you would have to get some valuable pieces back. And I don't know, and obviously you would want to probably trade Kyle Lowry and do right by him and trade him to a contender uh, somewhere around the league. And I don't know if those contenders have the pieces to give back to, to, to Toronto to compensate for them. So I don't see it happening, not before the trade deadline. I don't know if a buyout is possible. But you can't just give up the greatest Raptor of all time for nothing. i tell you that much. Spearsy? Well, one, if he's not traded, I can't see him being bought out. I mean, at that point, you know, you're, you're not going to get value for him uh, after you after you buy him out. So you might as well keep him and and just see what happens in free agency. Uh, knowing Masai like I do, I'm sure they've had an honest conversation about, you know, what he wants to do. I mean, this isn't a guy chasing a championship. He has one. This is a guy who should have a, uh, you know, will have his jersey retired and should have a statue out front. So. Um, I mean, so if you're not going to get nothing great for him, I wouldn't do it. And then you can't disrespect him and, and send him to like Orlando or something like that. You know, you got got to send him somewhere that he actually would want to go. Like, could he be attractive to Philadelphia? Uh, what if the Lakers wanted him? So I, I do think at this point and, and with the honesty that Messiah has given him, if you're going to move him, it's a joint collaboration yeah. to bring him to a place that he would truly be excited to be. But I think if he hadn't won a championship, perhaps he would be more eager for such a move. But he has won one. Yeah, that's a big part of this. And, and you said it, Perk. Uh, we call him the Groat up here, which is the greatest Raptor of all time. Um, he seems to me to be a guy whose game you would respect, Kendrick, just because of all of the intangibles that he brings to the game. Do you, like, do you, mm -hmm. is he a different dude to you? He is. I mean, you, you're talking about a guy that brings that type of, that edge, that tenacity, along with being skilled. You know, we already know numbers-wise what Kyle Lowry can do. He's a guy that is capable of putting up a triple-double any given night, a 20-point triple-double at that. But getting those extra possessions, taking charges, diving on the floor, going down and boxing out 
big men and cracking back and not being afraid to take hard fouls or even getting guys' faces that are much taller than him. You know, you look at a guy like Kyle Lowry, you know, you see him in a fight with a bell, you know what you got to do, right, Tim? Yeah. Yeah. What, what you got to do? You're talking about in Toronto? You got to give him a statue if you're talking about in Toronto. No, I'm saying, no, I'm saying if you see Kyle Lowry in a fight with a bear, what, oh. what you got to do? <laughs> Put money on Kyle? <laughs> no, nah, you, you, you got to pull honey on Kyle because he <laughs> want more bears. After he finished whooping that bear, he want to invite the other bears to come on and get a spanking too. Right. So when you look at Kyle Lowry, it's certain guys, it's certain guys that I value. Um, that that bring a certain edge when they approach the game and bring a certain type of leadership. And he reminds me of a smaller version of a Kevin Garnett with less trash talking just because of the passion that he plays with. Doesn't take possessions off. So uh, he is one of my favorite players, and he is a guy that I respect much like any other player in the league today and former players. Hey, Tim, can I throw something at you? And yeah, I love please. to hear Perk. Perk say this. Here's the one team I'm going to watch in all this. The one team that I think could maybe make him say, all right, I'll leave Toronto for that. The Clippers. Hmm. One, the Clippers need a point guard. Yep. Badly. Badly, 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 badly. badly. Yeah. And he could help them dramatically. He's a straight no chase point guard who will make those two stars even better. He's played with Kawhi before. And here's something that I know Perk knows. I don't know if there is a former player out there that he's closer to than Chauncey Billups. And Chauncey is an assistant coach with the Clippers. I could see Chauncey really making that a comfortable place for him. The players there have responded greatly to Chauncey already. I could see him, Chauncey, the former Raptor, mm -hmm. uh, being um, – he played there, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Future NBA head coach. They have, and, and you know, the sunshine in LA and, you know, whatever, the, the <laughs> trying to get the Clippers a first title. If there's one place where I think that's a Kyle Lowry chip on your shoulder kind of place that he could maybe win them a chip, it's the Clippers. So that would be the one team that, to me, if he were to get moved, made the most sense. Perk? It would. It would. I agree with you 100%. And I'm going I'm to I'm double down even more on that, Spears, is this. I'm going to tell you this. Um, he, he has a great relationship with Chauncey, but what people don't realize is that he also has an excellent relationship with Ty Lue. Ty Lue is like a big brother to him as well. So, you know, Kyle Lowry to the Clippers, I think, definitely moves the needles. And now we got to look at the favorites who the favorites that's coming out of the Western Conference. And to me, Kyle Lowry on the Clippers, they would definitely be the favorites to come out of the okay. Western Conference. But you, you, you all understand, Spearsy, that if he goes, like, listen, he has uh, carte blanche in Toronto and in Canada. He's the greatest Raptor of all time. We've talked about this a bunch of times on this show. If he wants to go, he goes. If he wants to stay, he stays. He has earned that in this country. However, this is if he goes to the Clippers, if he goes to the Clippers, though, people are going to be pissed because they're the ones that stole Kawhi, right? Like well, that's the one where the, they wouldn't be they wouldn't be stealing Kyle, and that would be something that he would want to do if it, I, I assume if it happened. But on the flip right. side, 
I don't know. What do the Clippers have that could be attractive to Toronto? He could bounce in the offseason, too, if he wanted yeah, to. Yeah, but what, but, I mean, what are you going to get? Like, I wonder if they have their first. Yeah. Um, like, what do they have? Is there a young player there that you guys really like? Yeah, that's interesting. Right. Like, Canard as a shooter, I guess. I, I'm not really a big fan of him. paid a lot to do that, though. Huh? He's getting paid a yeah, lot. Yeah, you Well, it's going to take a lot to trade for Kyle. You, I'm definitely wanting the first or two. Yeah. And this is a good draft to get a first. So, it, I mean, but it, it sounds great for the Clippers, but whether it sounds great for the Raptors is a different story. Yeah, that's interesting because they're not going to give up anyone who they who they got on this unless they're going to give up like Lou Williams and the Raptors don't want that back. Like, that's not what they're looking for. The one other question I have about Kyle Lowry and his future, and Perk, I think you can speak to this a lot. Um, the culture of the Raptors squad has been a big part of why they've been able to be successful, even next man up. Like, if you trade Kyle Lowry, um, do you hurt your culture? Like, is it just worth keeping him because he knows what's expected of him and can teach that to, obviously he's done it with Freddie Van Vliet and now like a guy like Malachi Flynn. Like, how valuable is he to the culture? Well, I mean, you know, he established. He is the, the, the founding father of the, the Raptors culture, but he has handed over the keys. Tim, he's handed over the keys to Fred Van Vliet, and the, the keys are in great hands because Fred Van Vliet is an underrated leader as well. So, you know, Kyle Larry did a great job of grooming him, and now he's ready for the moment. I mean, the Brinks truck backed up to his house this past summer. Um, he hadn't let us down for his play, for his tenacity. He's still playing like he's fighting for a contract. Um, he's still the ultimate team guy. And then you got to realize you have the coach of the year, Nick Zerts, who guys respect. And Pascal Siakam is finally, was, before the All-Star break, he was finally looked like the Pascal Siakam that we always expected him to look like. He got off to a slow start. But then he started to climb the ladder. You look at OG, he's a great fit. You can tell he's all about the culture. So these guys know. These guys are NBA champions. These are, these are not rookies to the game. So I believe that the culture will still be there because Kyle Larry has taught those three guys in particular well, and you still have Nick Nurse. Tim, could I ask you something real quick? Mm-hmm. Can you guys, can the graphic people bring up back up the standings? Sure. Real quick. When the East is in the house. Yeah. So, if the Raptors went on a winning streak, right, they could be in fourth or fifth spot. Yeah. <laughs> in like two yeah. weeks, right? So, if, right. if they were to be move, move up the ladder, how differently would you feel about this? It, it, it sounds, if you look at it now, they're, they're, yes, they're a ninth, but it's a deceptive ninth. They could, they could in the Eastern Conference, they could move up and be four by the end of the season. And they're certainly a team capable of doing big things if, if their mind's right and everybody's healthy. And so I don't know if it's time to give up just yet. Yeah, that's that's the part of the culture that I really find interesting is that if you keep Kyle Lowry, maybe even add a big because they are woefully uh, undersized. If you add a big at the deadline, you might be able to give this team a little bit of a shot. 
and you keep the culture, you keep the idea that you have never given up on a season. And I think for this team, that's big. Yeah, I, I, unless they're getting a nice first-round pick, it, it had to be really – I'd probably roll the dice and keep them because yeah. I'd like to see still what yeah. this team could do in the Eastern Conference. For sure, and, and they're not going to back down to anybody. I mean, you, if, if the Toronto Raptors are clicking on all cylinders, and we know Nick Nurse is going to mix it up for his defensive schemes, they have a lot of guys that can score the ball. They have some wing defenders. They have rebounds, and they they have everything that they need, and they have a championship pedigree. They definitely could cause some some havoc in the in in the East for sure this year, and probably upset some people, upset some people, especially those teams that are considered the favorites, the top dogs. Hey, listen, fellas, this was fun uh, chopping it up. Perk, really appreciate you taking the time and doing this with me and Spearsy. Uh, let's talk again soon, okay? Love you, Perk. Hey, hey, Tim, Spears, I appreciate it, man. And look, y'all have a good weekend. Y'all remember what I told y'all. Y'all see Kyle Lowry in the fight with a bat, pour the honey on him. <laughs> <laughs> it took me a while, but I got there. Be well, man. All right. <laughs> All right, All right Burke. Uh, there is uh, Kendrick Perkins. Spearsy, hang around one more segment. I'm here. Awesome. One final break. We'll get you the best of the week winner. Last call. Wrapping up the week with Mark Spears from Nolens next here on Debit Friends. Tim and friends on Sportsnet 360, Sportsnet 59 and the fan. Time to reveal your best of the week winner. You've been voting at Tim and friends on Twitter. And your winner is. Tim, Sean McKenzie, fashion, adorable. But uh, it's great to be with you as always. <laughs> oh, nice. I thought I would go. Oh, nice. I like it. Pay the ultimate respect to look <laughs> like exactly it. like you. And I thought I could tee this game up. Uh, anybody could. But I thought, how great would it be if. Ron McClain teed it up for you, and uh, so I thought I'd give it to you this way. As you know, Tim, my full Ron McClain. As you know, Tim, uh, Bruce Springsteen <laughs> wrote a song in 1984 called My Hometown. Daryl Sutter's hometown, Viking, Alberta. And I just got thinking. I just started to think, isn't that neat? You know, there was a, a line in that song, <laughs> My Hometown, called Foreman Says These Jobs Are Going, Boys. And we don't know if they're coming back. And we didn't know if Daryl was coming back. <laughs> But he is, and maybe that song's called Unfinished Business, Scott Oak. <laughs> uh, Ryan Leslie, your winner of Best of the Week. And Spearsy, uh, just so you know, we don't all look alike, okay? Just, just well, me and him. Well, y'all do. <laughs> just me and him. <laughs> um, hey, I, I wanted to bring this up because I was link thinking of the roster for the Clippers at the time. But, man, the Clippers traded every one of their first-round picks for Paul George. Wow. <laughs> right? Yeah, that's what I'm like. It yeah. sounds great for the Clippers, but it would work. Why Masai would want to do that, I have no idea. Yeah, I don't think they got a guy that could do it. Uh, and as you pointed out, it's the Clippers. Yeah, it's the Clippers. I would. It's there's still some sore feelings about Lawrence Frank showing up at games in Toronto. <laughs> there's a little bit of. There's a little bit of I don't want to call it, it tampering, but there was some massaging going on there. Spirit. I get it. Yeah. When the, wouldn't the owner sit courtside <laughs> of the game? Yep. Steve Ballmer came on up. Yep. Yeah. Uh, all right, time for last call. Spearsy, will you do this with me? Will you do the honors of a shot for last call with me? Yeah, what you got? All right, Jesse, 
Rubinoff, our digital producer, will take the uh, reins on this one. Spearsy, I know you're a basketball guy, but we're going to start with the NFL, okay? Cam Newton and Tom Brady both agreeing to new deals today. According to reports, Newton is returning to the Patriots on a one-year deal that could be worth up to $14 million, while Brady agreed to an extension that will keep him with the Bucks through the 2022 season when he's 45 years old. Brady, new deal will save the Bucks $19 million against the cap next season. And Patrick Mahomes is also expected to rework his deal to save the Chiefs $17 million. Timmy, which of those deals is the most significant? I think both Mahomes and Brady because it saves them money. And Spearsy, as we're finding out here, if you don't surround your quarterback with talent, there's nothing he could do. Patrick Mahomes was running for his life in that Super Bowl. Well, I'm trying to figure out... How long is Brady gonna play? Is, oh, son, is, is he gonna? Is Son gonna be in the league too by the time he's done? I mean, Bronny. He's pulling a LeBron. Yeah. Yeah, I was gonna uh, say. Unbelievable, man! How, how does a like a 50 year old get a four year deal? I, I, I just feel like he's gonna get hit one day and he might just explode and that might be the end of his life. He doesn't get hit. Brady doesn't get hit. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, he, okay. he's gonna be back there in the Popemobile or something like that. <laughs> Let's go back to basketball. The uh, Indiana Pacers visit the Los Angeles Lakers tonight. You can see it on Sportsnet 1 at 10.30 Eastern time. It's the first of back-to-backs for Indiana. And tomorrow, Chris LeVert is expected to make his Pacers debut after LeVert was traded from the Nets to the Pacers. As part of the James Harden deal, doctors, of course, discovered a small cancerous mass on his liver, and he underwent surgery to have it removed in January. Levert said the trade possibly saved his life. Amazing. Mark, how much of a difference maker can Levert be for the Pacers the rest of this season? Oh, a scary difference maker. I mean, he's uh, one of the best scorers in the league. He's in a situation now where he'll complement what they're already doing, and, you know, with Sabonis and Brogdon and Turner. They are a very, very, very scary team. And he has the potential to maybe, dare I say, take him to a championship level. An amazing pickup for the Pacers that now um, we'll see to life. I, I really like this move for them. I love it too. I think it's a real, uh, getting him back, he could do some real damage for the Pacers. Okay, I know we're doing last call here, but I got some breaking sports and pop culture news. Uh oh, I already know what it is. He does know what it is. I know you know what it is. I don't know. J Lo and A Rod uh, calling off their two year engagement. I, it's done. You didn't have to tell me. I knew the news. <laughs> Come on, man. Yeah, that's it. They're done. What do you think, Spearsy? I mean, at least he got to go to the, the inauguration, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's. <laughs> he could always say that was a nice parting gift, man. And he got to go to the inauguration and shake hands with a. Obama and, and uh, uh, I'm sad. It's too, too <laughs> sad. I feel like these are these. This is like marriage of convenience. It just keeps people relevant. Like I think celebrities do this on purpose. They it's go and find the person that yeah. will get them in the most rooms. Hundred percent. And then they just say they're yeah. It's uh, I I I can't stand this stuff. Is that it? Are we done? Well, Jose Canseco also uh, chimed in quickly. Uh, he guaranteed that Alex Rodriguez is trying to get a hold of his ex-wife, Jessica. So that's all I'm going to say about that. No, get out of here. Spearsy, thank you very much for doing this. This was fun. Will you do it again oh, sometime? Let's do it, man. Awesome. <laughs> More Mark's... pop culture questions next time. <laughs> Mark Spears in New Orleans, thank you very much. That does it for our first week. A sincere thank you to the staff that made this work. We didn't want it to be exactly the same as Tim and Sid, and that caused a lot of shuffling behind the scenes. And the men and women who work here took care of your boy, Uncle Timberly. 
so unbelievably. I felt rallied around and so humbly appreciate that. To all the friends, co-hosts, guests, and you, the audience that joined along the way and started this new journey with us, I'm glad you gave us a chance and continue to give us a chance. Really appreciate the opportunity to edutain once again. You could have been anywhere in the world, but you chose to be here with me, and I appreciate that. Week one in the books. We'll talk to you again come Monday. It's Friday then, it's Saturday, Sunday, what? It's Friday then, it's Friday, Sunday, what? It's Friday for the first time in a long time, I'm wearing a suit. This is Tim and Friends. If, in fact, you pick your nose and you pick your bum, do you really have some bubble gum? That's bleeping disgusting. I get it. Sometimes the offseason can be more confusing than a German trying to explain baseball. We have some pillows. We have some pillows on the dirt. And then we have some grass. And then we have people to stand all around. My friend and yours. Arash Badani, Cassie Campbell-Pascal, Jennifer Botterill, and gold medal in your face, Natalie Spooner. Like a grain, everybody. Kenny Reed, who joins me in studio. Okay, Kenny. Yo, what's up? You can see it's in tremendous shape. Yeah. It can adjust for the camera. When you come back, mm -hmm. I want to open his pack. Could you rephrase that? <laughs> Start hotline, please. Are you good? Like, if you got to go, homie, go. Like, I'm not going to stop these you the, from... These are the... See, I'm so desperate to be a friend in Tim and Friends <laughs> that this is what I'm doing for you. I'm going to... This wrist might break. I might go sailing into this infinity behind me. Please don't. You better believe I'm going to be a Tim and Friend. It's great to be with you, as always. Oh, I thought I would go. Oh, nice. I like it. Pay the ultimate respect to look <laughs> like exactly it. like you. My full Ron McLean. As you know, Tim, uh, Bruce Springsteen wrote a song in 1984 called My Hometown. Daryl Sutter's hometown, Viking, Alberta. And I just got thinking. I just started to think, isn't that neat? You know, there was a, a line in that song, My Hometown, called Foreman Says These Jobs Are Going, Boys. And we don't know if they're coming back, Scott Oak. Yes, a lot of storylines that would lead up to this one, uh, and we could look at all kinds of, you know, steps to making a return. Uh, more Leslie among the friends, got it. Ladies and gentlemen, the weekend. Wow.